Okay, welcome to Outsource to Profits. I'm here with Nazmul. It is East and West talking about offshoring best practices. Nazmul, we have an interesting topic as GetLeverage has introduced a do-it-for-you service. It's been the demand of our customers that have said, listen, I want to learn from you. I love that you're recruiting me talent, but what if you just took my headache away? And so what, do you want to kind of open up where we want to talk about today and how we can kind of talk about best practices? Yeah, sure, sure. At the end of the day, people want to get stuff done. And oftentimes, as, we can, as you just mentioned, that people come to us always to, to learn, like, how can we outsource? What are the things that we need to know? Like the profit, the benefits, the yada, yada. But at the end of the day, they want to get things done. And when when we saw that there is a need for it, we just had to launch it. It's not like we did it. We just... We, this was planned, uh, but we just had to launch it because that's what people are demanding. Today, I want to talk about like we have three different packages right now. Like as for now, uh, we have learned we can help people recruit or we can manage the entire team for four other people. Let's talk about the management of the entire team for other people. Like why should people even consider it? Um, let's talk about the benefit and who do you think consider it like what kind of companies should consider working with us in terms of us building the team for them and not just building the team for them managing the entire thing the best things about managing the entire things through us uh, let's do it what do you think what are your thoughts yeah so i'll talk to you about it from an entrepreneur's experience so and this is i have two different companies who have experienced it different ways and this is where it'll answer the question of who i think are the best fits so at Sales for Life, we were a multi-million dollar company, already had a CMO, already had some teammates running content marketing, event marketing, and so forth. Where offshoring became really powerful was a supporting mechanism at first. So as an example, we needed more content writers. We needed search engine optimization. We needed... Uh, uh, 2D animation, video editing, all these sort of things. So it became in the marketing side and then on the sales support side, uh, now you are list building. Now you are doing market research. Now you're doing what the function of what's called an LDR, a lead development representative, where you're doing outbound prospecting through LinkedIn or email, where there is no voice piece to the prospecting. So it can be done anywhere in the world. So with Sales for Life, what was really effective was a recruiting model because we already had in place our CMO. We already had in place layers of middle management and marketing. What we needed was to buy back some time. We needed to create greater operating leverage and a much more profitable way to create a, a better cost of customer acquisition. Now let's look at pipeline signals. Amar and I launched pipeline signals exactly two years ago today. Like, not even, it wasn't even a functioning business. It was incorporated exactly two years ago today. The fall of 2021, really the beginnings of 2022, is when we started taking on our first customers. We had no money. We had no revenue. So, uh, and as well, if I recruited teammates, they were ultimately reporting to me or Amar. And the more teammates that are reporting to me and Amar, they become... It's sad to say, but it becomes like an anchor. It starts to drag you down because you are now trying to work on the business, in the business, and you're constantly flipping back and forth. Am I working in the business, on the business, in the business, on the business? Because the more teammates are grabbing at you. So what had actually happened was a teammate 
from Bangladesh named Sabir, who's been with us for eight years from the Sales for Life days, came to us and said, I think I have a better model for you. Your biggest problem is you are the bottleneck, Jamie and Amar. What if you bring in a fractional CMO who brings with him a team and that team executes on everything you want to do with marketing? Now you have what's called a hub and a spoke model. So what happens is Jamie and Amar, you you might talk about the strategy or the goal you want to run. We want to launch a newsletter. We want to launch a podcast. We need greater search engine optimization. I don't need to think about the how. I just think about the goal. The goal is I want to be number one on Google for, I don't know, social selling, as an example. We brought in yourself and your organization who ran a do-it-for-you business. It completely unlocked my mind as to the possibilities. And I recognized there are two different types of customers. If you already have an established team, you don't necessarily need to bring a team with you because the team exists, but you will want to recruit, recruit an entire supporting cast. But so many of the customers we're working with at Get Leverage are sub 50 employees. The founder is the bottleneck. The founder is the marketer. The founder is the seller. And so what they're coming to us and saying, I don't have a marketing team. I don't run a newsletter, podcast. I don't have SEO. I don't do video on LinkedIn. I, I, I don't have any of that. But what I can't afford is to pay one person a hundred grand a year who will be a jack of all trades expert of nothing. And I wake up, I spent a hundred grand a year and they can't do like 15 different things because they're just one person. I need an entire team and I need to be able to have an entire team for the cost of like a fractional North American. And that's where this all kind of came from. So I hope Nazmul, maybe you can bat the ball back and forth, but that's when I look at it from the perspective of the founder, the reason we want to do it for you service is my marketing team doesn't exist or my marketing team is negligible. I want to buy an entire marketing team or I want to buy an entire sales support cast. I need prospect outbound. I need customer support offshore, but I can't possibly want to um, do this myself because this would be my new team. And I don't want to be the bottleneck as the founder. Yeah, absolutely. And just to add a few things, and I think maybe I'll just repeat exactly what you just said. And we definitely need to promote the book a lot more, like buy back your time. I think that will unlock people's mind, like why they need to literally... Yeah, Dan Martell's book, Buy Back the, Your Time. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Right, right. Everybody should read it. Like, I loved it. And, and I think every entrepreneur should read it. And not just entrepreneur, like senior manager, they should read it. And the entire concept is, if you just hire a few people and if you manage them but get then now what guess what now you have to manage them now you have to have you know different slots so that you can talk with individual people and make sure that everything is well connected but when you get a team from get leverage you don't have to worry about that you just exactly what you just mentioned right you say hey we need to start a newsletter done we'll start a newsletter it's not going to be like yeah. you'll be talking with somebody to set up the newsletter You'll be talking to somebody to write the newsletter. You'll be talking to somebody to make sure the design is good. You'll be talking to somebody to make sure the QA is done. No, you don't have to do all of those, right? You just have to talk to one person and ask him or her, like, hey, is my newsletter up and running? Do you, like, what happened last week? That's it. 
So the entire model of us managing the team, it serves the purpose that everybody wants. Like all the founders want, all the founders, at the end of the, here's what I think. There are a few things people want, but I think what founders sometimes or most of the time really wants is they want peace in their mind. They want to take less decisions. They want more he less headaches. And they don't want to spend a lot of times with needy gritty small stuff like you know 10 or 100 different things they want to spend time with strategy they want to spend time thinking where the money is coming from and make sure if everything is running properly so that's 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 exactly why they should be working with us through get leverage and the other benefit might they might have is that they have somebody in Canada or a team entire in future we will have a team of project managers where they will be managing the entire projects right so the clients or companies from Canada or US they will just be able to talk on the in their time zone and they will be able to talk just with people who are living in Canada they don't have to worry hey is it midnight in Bangladesh and can I just call this person you don't have to worry about any of those things but when yeah. you are just the hub and the spoke model yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bespoke model and, and 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 when you are managing the entire team you kind of have to worry about those things and by the way there is nothing wrong with us only recruiting and you are managing the entire team that's okay but that's just a different way of doing business that's maybe maybe your priority is something else but when your priority is that hey look i just want to get things done if that's what your priority is, you should definitely check out our new plan, uh, you know, done for you plan. Um, can Jamie now let's talk about like teams or companies who should take this plan? Do you recommend people who are just starting out to take this plan? Do you recommend people who already has an existing team in uh, Canada? Do you recommend them the plan? Like if I think about the size or the stage of a company. When do people start taking the service from us? I think in an ideal state, and you talked about Dan Martel's book, Buy Back Your Time. So he talks about, it's called the, if I recall, it's like the value replacement ladder. And basically what he's teaching founders is if it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and if you're listening audio, I'm trying to make a triangle with my hands here. But essentially he's saying there are five rungs or ladders that you need to replace yourself. First, virtual assistant, next, customer support, next, marketing, next, sales, and then eventually ELT. So you're asking, in an ideal state, the type of customers that I think should use do it for you are ones where you, the founder, know in your heart of hearts, if you recruit teammates onshore or offshore, they're reporting to you. That creates a bottleneck. So if you're building, so to answer your question more directly, if you're building a marketing team for your first time, or your marketing team is so egregiously expensive that you're basically going to have to dismantle it, rebuild it, rebuilding it offshore. But again, those people will all report back to you. That in itself is a, is a recipe for, maybe I'm going to repeat past mistakes and I, the founder, am going to be working in my business, not on it, way too long. So I need to create a fractional CMO or marketing leader at the hub. Now, I've chosen that that leader is you, and that leader is offshore as well. You may, though, then choose 
that your leader is an existing CMO, marketing leader that is onshore. But then that person has a choice to make, a fork in the road. Does that person want to have everybody on your PNL? You know, employment is a a word you're going to learn a lot about in our training, which is there are many forms of it, right? It can be fractional, it can be part-time, it can be full-time, and it's all contractor work. But do you want that on your PL dedicated to yourself? Now, dedication to yourself can cause people to sit on a bench a little bit if you don't have projects for them. Because remember, they're on your PL. So you always have to have something for them to do. Or you did do it for. And in the do it for model, that means that the teammates will just go from point A to point B for you. It's all about creating outcomes. You're paying for outcomes. You don't care if it takes them 30 minutes or 30 hours, just get me an outcome. So I would say that you as a founder need to really ask yourself the most important question. Do you or and or your ELT team member have the time or energy to manage an entire team? Or do you have one single hub that you deal with and then outcomes just appear overnight while you sleep? So the other thing that people usually ask, like, hey, when can we get started? Like you start. Uh, so how does it work? People say, how does it work? Do you do I hire you and then you start hiring people and then it takes two months to get started? Answer is absolutely no. So we have people on the bench. And when we talk about people on the bench, we're talking about the usual people that we, that we hire. Right now, we are a lot more focused on building teams. We got, you know, that has to do with marketing, demand gen, go to market. Uh, so marketing and sales and, and customer service. So if you are looking for building a team like that, we can get started within a week even. So we have t- people yeah. or teammates on the bench who are just waiting f- just to get started with you. That's it. So think about you building the entire team and running everything by yourself. That might take about a month or two. But if you take this plan where you just work with us and we get things done, we can get started within a week. So that's like fast execution. So that's another benefit that you might have working with us on this plan. If you want to get things done or get started, sorry, if you want to get started like tomorrow, we kind of can do that. So uh, so that's another reason why you should consider the service. And we're focused on pods. I was just going to say, so we're focused on building pods of teams, teams of four. And again, you have to you reverse engineer the outcome. The outcome, a lot of customers are saying, I don't have a content marketing strategy. Like, get me going. Okay, that's a pollard of people that are required to get content off the ground. Or, hey, I'm doing a little bit of sprinkle of out, uh, inbound, but my outbound sucks. And I need to start engaging people outbound. Well, again, you're going to need a pod because what happens is you need to build lists, you need to build uh, messaging, you need to actually engage outbound. So you build a pod and that delivers outcomes. Uh, so Nazmul, sorry, you were going to ask something else? No, that's, I mean, that's about it. And the last question would be, the, when do people consider not getting this service? Instead of this, they should go for recruitment. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that as a founder, uh, in an ideal spot, if you want to have dedicated resources on your team, number one, but most importantly, I think from the founder's perspective, the most important question you have to ask yourself is, do I already have management in place to be able to run marketing, demand generation, customer success. And what they need is a supporting mechanism that's cost effective 
so that my cost to customer acquisition is in a good spot. My gross margins on the customer delivery is in a good spot, but I need, I'm looking at it. I'm not going to get an onshore social media manager for 70 grand a year. I'm going to do it for $500 a month in Bangladesh. I don't want to be sending, asking somebody to uh, animate my videos for me uh, onshore and they can barely, you know, they're just learning Adobe Premiere for the first time. I'm going to get an expert in Bangladesh to do it for $500 a month. So if you already have management in place and what you're looking for is to fill gaps uh, and supporting mechanism, yeah, bring offshore onto your team and recruit them because you as the founder, it doesn't, it doesn't take anything off of your time, but now you have these teammates in your business. That's when I would recruit. But if you're going to be the bottleneck and they're going to be reporting to you, you could be in a lot of trouble. Absolutely. No, th- thank you, Jamie, for explaining all this. I'm really excited. Uh, the other thing that we just want to talk about uh, to close all this, how we are focusing a lot more on Bangladesh. So t- tell me about that. What, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So let's go through my, uh, my, my journey as an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm writing about this in a new book that we're going to be publishing, Outsourced Profits. My first, we had Sabir on our team for years, but Sabir's like, uh, he's like our brother. He's just always been part of the business. I actually almost forgot that he was in Bangladesh over the years. So ironically, we always counted our first offshore teammate as this gentleman named Jerome uh, from the Philippines. Yet, ironically, we had already been offshoring to Bangladesh. And Jerome unleashed and unlocked my mind to what was possible. And systematically, we started adding teammates and leaning heavily in Bangladesh, or leaning heavily in the Philippines. What we did is we started formulating relationships with recruiting firms, started recruiting tons of people in the Philippines. Uh, then when we started building software, we actually built a DevOps team in India. Uh, and so when you looked at it, we were heavily skewed to the Philippines. The Philippines is a gold standard of offshoring. It is incredible. But over time, the world has also learned that the Philippines is an awesome place for offshoring. And so the arbitrage of labor has uh, not moved in the right direction for us founders. And then a couple of years ago, started experimenting, learning through Sabir with Bangladesh. And you have, the most incredible marketing talent, data talent, IT services talent. And Bangladesh has creating a community as a country that actually is very much becoming an offshore powerhouse, right? Anasmul, we've talked about it in another podcast around taxation, zero taxation, and truly creating an economy of the gig economy, the offshoring world. And it, this is basically the Philippines 10, 20 years ago. You're, this is an opportunity to take it, take operating leverage in a community that wants to offshore and has made it price, so price competitive for you. You can scale a team faster and better than you could uh, uh, like uh, two to three X better than the Philippines. This is awesome. Jamie, with this, let's close the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, do subscribe. And if you're listening to to this podcast on any other channel, do subscribe and see you on the next episode.